the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. And step into As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us. It's a glorious Saturday, and there's nowhere I would rather be than here talking with you about our amazing God, about our warrior Savior, and about the opportunity we have as courageous Christians. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my fantastic wingman. We're back to the F's. Fantastic. I'm all over the place. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Today we're wrapping up a four-part series on conflict. Uh, Part one was about the pre-conflict mindset. Part two and three were about actual conflict and the engagements that define our world. And today we're going to discuss post-conflict and continuing operations. So what happens after uh, as we seek to press home the attack? Before we begin this conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these views are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us, and if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road, but please hear our hearts as we seek God. Heavenly Father, how glorious are these days and how precious is the opportunity that we have to live them for you. Though we live in perverse times, in you we have truth and light. And we know that we can place our hopes in you, Lord, for you are faithful and just. I am sure that if we were left to our own devices, we would seek the comfortable and the familiar. But this would not lead us closer to you or to eternal life with you by the purifying of our hearts. And so we thank you, Father, for the struggle of these times, which will bring us to you. We thank you and we ask you to strengthen us for the battle ahead that in the increasing darkness, the light of your beloved Son will shine even brighter. And it is in his mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, I'm going to say something that might require some thoughts, so please try to hear me. Nothing that you see on TV is ever the whole truth. It is rarely even close to the whole truth. And since everything we see on the news is bad, our consolation is that it is not the whole truth either. 
There must be substantial good. Let me say that again. If you see it on the news, you're guaranteed that it is not the whole truth. There is bad and there is evil, but since we see strictly lies 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the whole truth is that there is good all around us. In short, there is hope in abundance. That hope and that blessed abundance is found each day in Jesus, regardless of what we are told by the news media. I think this is important to say because it's easy to feel discouraged. We talked about our mindset in part one of our series, and I came across something recently that I think is important in describing our mindset, that which we bring to everything, the resting state, the thoughts that we entertain, the daydreams that we have, the conversations that we rehearse, our mindset. Stephen Pressfield, in his book, The Warrior Ethos, tells the story of a Roman general who led his legions toward the enemy through a swamp. After the battle was won, he asked his men when it was won. And some said when their lines broke, and others said when they dropped their swords and ran away. And the general said, the battle was won when we marched through the swamp. The point being... It's what we bring to the fight before the fight that wins the battle. And that's our pre-conflict mindset. And we cannot give that to the devil. We talked a while ago on a couple of shows about a Marine Corps saying, which says, the more you sweat in peacetime, the less you bleed in wartime. Mm. So we're talking about that today. We looked at the pre-conflict mindset in part one. In part two, we talked about actual engagements And we said to follow Jesus and the model he set for us. He always prayed. He was very intentional. He embraced the struggle as his father's business and did what glorified his father. In part three, we continued to discuss the engagement, the actual conflict when we said you're going to engage or disengage. We're going to uh, ask questions. And we emphasized there that the only behavior you can control is your own. We talked about that OODA loop. The OODA loop. Uh, <laughs> OODA loop as an acronym. You know, the military is not short on acronyms. And the OODA loop, uh, John Boyd, an Air Force colonel, uh, said this. And even though he's an Air Force guy, it's still good. Um, <laughs> he said, all decisions are made because we observe. We orient ourselves to what we've observed. We decide based on our observation and our orientation. And then we act. So what I'm saying with the TV and with the news is you can observe it. You can decide what you think about it and you can orient yourself. And then you're going to have that permeate your mind. You're going to decide and then you're going to act. And what we can't do is allow it to have uh, its way with us. I was talking to my son this morning and I said, it's very important that we realize we're not at the circus. This is not the fun park. This is a battlefield. It's a spiritual battlefield. When you deploy to Iraq or Afghanistan, as I did several times, I didn't expect to have fun there. And I wasn't disappointed. So it wasn't all that fun, but I didn't lament that every day. I didn't complain or, uh, and I wasn't upset about it every day because it's a battlefield. And friends, This is a battlefield, and we have to be intentional. Don't get mad when you see this stuff on TV. Realize that it's not the whole truth. 
Realize that for every disappointing, sad story you hear, there are millions of people, millions of Americans just working so hard to raise families and do good things. And let that shape your mind and then go forth in that power, knowing that God has won this battle and we walk on this battlefield as victors. Anyway, today we are going to talk about this post-conflict How do we walk away from these engagements? How do we press home the attack in all the things we do? And uh, it brings me to a sermon that Christy and I saw this weekend. To be quite honest, we were both upset by it because uh, this pastor, God bless him, struggling like the rest of us, had a message which looked at faith through the lens of the world. And as Christians, we're supposed to look at the world through the lens of faith. Uh, that was upsetting, wasn't it? It was. It was, you know, it's hard enough as it is out there right now. And you're absolutely right. It is a battlefield. And to then look to your pastor and maybe whatever it may be, hear what you don't want to hear or hear what you think is wrong. And so then the question comes up, like, how do we how do we act? And so it's kind of hard to know because, you know, you just said, pray for him. He, he's a human too. And so we might react um, inappropriately because of all it. So what I'm speaking to is I'm struggling with it to answer your question. <laughs> and you know, that's completely fair because if it was easy, we wouldn't be in the position we're in. And here's what I would say about that. You see in California where uh, the buffoonery is beyond belief, where they say that Christians shouldn't be able to sing in church now because that's going to spread COVID. And if the enemy tells you don't go to church and sing, then at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, I'm going to be dressed in my church clothes, and I'm going to be chomping at the bit to get to church and sing louder than anybody. Because you know what? The protesters outside, they don't have their masks on. (laughs) If the enemy, that's exactly right. If the enemy tells you don't go to church and sing, go to church and sing. Don't watch church in your pajamas. We've all been lulled into this COVID uh, stay-at-home idea. No. Go to church and sing. And... Pray for your pastor. Pray for your clergy. These are the people we turn to when we have these internal struggles. And if we're going to press home the attack, and if we're going to have the right mindset, then our clergy is is charged with guiding and directing. But don't think that that's not an incredible weight on them. Right. And so first and foremost, we pray for them. Second, if there's an issue then we have church elders who are going to speak into that issue so as to keep everybody centered in God's will and centered in his truth, which is his word as written in the Bible. We, we don't need to jump from one church to another. We don't need disharmony. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 20 talks about the things God hates and the, the one thing he despises. And one of the things he despises is disharmony in the community. So if it's important to God, we need it to be important to us, a Marine Corps saying says, what interests my general fascinates me. So go to church, sing loud, pray for your clergy, know that the church has built in um, things to, to help keep everybody on track and, and give them the opportunity to correct as, as we hope that they give us the opportunity because the unity in the truth of Christ is 
important to everything that we're going to do. Right. And and it's easily said when you're in the moment of someone you're looking to for answers, so to speak, right? And you're holding in a st- uh, holding in high esteem and so in the moment it's 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 a struggle. And so what I want to share with the listeners is that I'm not any different than them. And it's in hard. that situation, it is hard. And and in that situation, since you and I've kind of unpacked it since then, I'm a bit convicted because I'm struggling just like everyone else. And you asked me a very important question, which goes back to everything we've talked about in <laughs> every every episode, I would think, is did I pray about it and what does scripture say? And my my complete honest answer to you was what? No, I didn't pray about it first. Yeah, and plus that's two questions. Did you pray about it and what does Scripture say? (laughs) I heard two. Um, I heard one. (laughs) So I guess what we're saying is be resolved with the world, don't believe TV, and be gentle and patient with one another in love. Um, So there's some things that uh, I wanted to talk about today because it's a very interesting parallel we have an acronym, another acronym, two acronyms for the price no of one way. today. Uh-uh. Another acronym <laughs> in the military, which uh, explains the tools that can be used to assert national power and influence. So one country can have its way in shaping another country uh, by this acronym, which is D-I-M-E, DIME, like a 10 cent piece, DIME. And DIME stands for diplomatic, informational, military, and economic means of shaping behaviors. I think this is completely appropriate to us. In an early episode, we talked about war as an effort to affect a change in a system. And spiritual warfare is no different. So we're trying to affect a change in a system. So first and foremost, using that acronym, DIME, we have spiritual diplomacy. And scripture says, go and make disciples of all nations. And over the last three episodes, we've talked about that spiritual diplomacy in how you have your mindset uh, towards your fellow man. And Jesus summed it up, love God, love your neighbor. And then we uh, talked about the engagement. So all of that is spiritual diplomacy. We add to this uh, I, which is information. And to me, that information is the Bible, the truth of God, his word as written in the Bible. There is no substitute for that. Obviously, we don't have a military option uh, with the M, D-I-M, but Ephesians chapter 6 does tell us to put on the full armor of God. So that uh, military option is to actually, in my mind, take this military metaphor, the language of the Bible, which is warfare, and understand that this is a battlefield and act appropriately. Finally, in that uh, acronym, DIME, is an E, and that stands for our economic option, the expenditure of our resources, our time, our energy, and our money. So remember, if you expend resources in one area, you don't have them to expend elsewhere. It's called the opportunity cost. And in this way, that hidden cost must be calculated. So if we're not in church on Sunday, where are we? Where are we spending our time? That's more important. So DIME was always the acronym that everybody always talked about. And then in recent years, as the battlefield got more complex, they added F-I-L. So it became DIME, F-I-L. And DIME fill stands for, the F stands for financial pressure. The I stands for intelligence, developing intelligence networks. 
And the L stands for law enforcement. So this was how uh, nations can apply pressure and influence to other nations. Diplomacy, information, the military option, the economic option, uh, financial option. You can freeze their accounts, uh, intelligence networks, and law and order. So I want to emphasize of FIL, the law enforcement piece, because if Romans chapter 13, verse 1 says that we should obey those in authority, for they have been chosen by God, certainly this includes police who risk their lives to serve and protect our ability to come and go freely in our faith. Right. So as we seek to come and go freely in our faith, we must realize how important that is. In all things, we cannot be cowed as we walk away from whatever engagements and those engagements have uh, an impact on us. And uh, maybe the engagement is you seeing a story on TV. You've got to walk away and be resolved in your opportunity. And it's got to reinforce the fact that as you go and talk to people about Christ, as you uh, speak the truth as written in the Bible, as you protect yourself with the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and feet fitted with readiness, all of those military... uh, images from Ephesians chapter 6. We just cannot be cowed. Hitler's rise to power should teach us that we should be very wary of infringements to our constitutional liberties. I believe it was George Washington in his 1796 farewell address, which by the way, if you haven't read it, it's an amazing document which talks about everything that we see today. George Washington's 1796 farewell address. And he says that we should guard jealously uh, these constitutional liberties. So as we walk away and as we think about the opportunity to press the attack home, we have our relationship with God, which we nurture at all uh, times. And then we have the community of the church, which is the people. And it's also a building where there's clergy that needs financial support that needs prayer support, that needs participation. Because something I like to say, what you permit, you promote. Right. What you promote is the church and the community right. of believers. So in all things, please let's pray for our pastors and uh, those who are caring for us. I would guess that that's, in, in hearing you go through that list, that's probably what we're least doing. So that praying is so very important. We must pray for our spiritual leaders and all of our leaders of this country. Absolutely. You know, I know church hopping is a thing, and I know people go from church to church. And I think one of the reasons is because when the church became a big building, those big buildings had light bills and water bills. Then the church had to adjust its message in order to uh, pay the bills. And as the church adjusted its message to its members, so the world crept into the church. Right. And we know that this is wrong because we cannot be conformed to the world, and we know that the church is supposed to shape the world, not the other way around. So uh, I just say it's so important we have to ask for prayers because our faith is about us, but it's also about the good that we can do. And when you look at your church, it's not what has your church done for you lately. It's what can we do for our church because we're at war. That's the truth. And speaking of the truth, in every episode, we have a moment of truth where we look at scripture, which informs our discussion. 
And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And today our moment of truth comes from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, which say, And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Political discussions lead us to believe that we must agree in order to be brothers and sisters. This is just not so. Politics is like the news. Very little of it is true. Our faith stands above politics. We are Christ's ambassadors, and to relentlessly involve ourselves in politics is to relentlessly turn away from the message of hope that is ours to spread. There's that opportunity cost of what we do with our time. Andrew Breitbart once said that politics is downstream of culture. In our country today, we can see that in all its startling and vulgar clarity, our politics is downstream of a broken culture. At the same time, we know that the present culture is downstream of the devil's manipulations. So why then would we involve ourselves in any of it? Why would the church allow itself to be shaped by the culture of the day? Personally, I'd rather preach God's truth to one person than to preach to thousands some watered-down version of a culturally comfortable gospel which gently leads people down the road to hell. The church is supposed to shape culture, not the other way around. And for that very important reason, please, all of us must be engaged in participation and prayer. If we want God in this nation, if we want productive change, if we want an honest allocation of scarcer and scarcer resources to lift everyone up, if we want to leave the world better than we found it, and if we want spiritual peace, then we must turn to God and His Word as written in the Bible not as a prop for a broken cultural or political understanding, but as an oasis of living water, a safe harbor in the storms which batter us, and as the glue which binds us together in real harmony. And then we must act accordingly in all we do. We have to view the world through the lens of faith, ask ourselves what does Scripture say, not the other way around, to view our faith through the lens of the world. So how does that look? We must intentionally engage with or disengage from the world. We have to filter things very carefully. Then we must put our money, our time, and our energies against the things that matter to us. And when I say against, I mean toward the things that matter to us. Our time, our money, and our energies, we put them toward God's values, the church, the community, unity in the truth. Then we must act aggressively. We vote our faith and elect Christian officials and judges to positions of authority for the sake of all men and women. It's about the truth. The acronym is Dime Phil. That explains how we do all of those things. Our campaign of spiritual warfare seeks to effect change in the current system as shaped by the devil. We must use diplomacy, diplomacy as we are the ambassadors of Christ. It must be information from the Bible, not our own perspective. We must approach it with a military mindset because we're at war. We must use economic prudence in our allocation of our resources. We must have financial good judgment in the things we support with our money, the companies that we pay money to. Whatever it is, the fastest way to starve an understanding is with your money. So if you don't like what some company stands for, don't buy things there. 
We must have realistic intelligence about the spiritual battlefield and the devil's intentions. And finally, we must support law enforcement in the protection of our constitutional liberties. Anarchy favors the devil. Thomas Paine, who we quoted in July 4th, said of the American revolutions, these are the times that try men's souls. Friends, it doesn't count when it's easy. It will be hard, but we must be doers of the word and not just hearers. And so as we wrap up, I just want to remind you that you can go to kkht.com to listen to those previous three episodes under the Programs tab and Podcasts. We end the show today with our quote of the day. Our quote of the day comes from every parent who has ever taught a teenager to drive. (laughs) Look out! (laughs) Friends, our eyes are in the front of our heads because we will go where we are looking. If we are looking at the car crash of politics and man's manipulations of the truth, we will run off the narrow road which leads to Christ and end up in the ditch with everyone else. If our eyes are on God, then that is where we will go as well. And that is Courageous Christianity. If you'd like to hear those previous episodes as we have wrapped this up, you can go to kkht.com under the Programs tab and listen to the podcast. And we appreciate that very much if you did. If you want to reach us, you can contact us, CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi.